China's emissions trading scheme, well, it starts in June of 2021, and the market has been looking forward to it to an extent for a number of reasons. One, apart from the EU um, ETS scheme, which is a fairly large scheme for the European continent, there haven't been much, you know, of these large-scale uh, trading schemes for the cap and trade program. You know, we've all, we obviously got the cap and trade program in California that we've touched upon as a primer in, in, in the previous podcast. But the Chinese ETS is quite remarkable because once it's fully fledged and sort of expanded in its form, it'll be much larger than the European Union's emissions trading scheme, which in itself has been growing. Um, but other things the market's focusing on is, you know, what's the price of these traded emissions certificates allowances in a sense going to be in the backdrop of a China going towards a decarbonization path, the 2060 net zero, B, the fact that like um, systems such as the European Union's emissions trading system, have started trading at roughly 44 euros a ton. If you look at voluntary carbon um, credits, Chinese forestry credits at the moment, very difficult to find. And the, you know, the forestry linked projects that you have in Asia being bid for between six and $9 a ton if it's a red plus project. Um, so quite a bit of demand there already. There's a lot of corporate demand for voluntary credits. So it's within this context that people are really keen to understand how are these uh, Chinese ETS prices going to be um, going to trade. And what's interesting now is initially, I think policymakers in China had signaled that the price would be um, somewhere between, you know, seven to nine US dollars a ton. Um, and if you look at the volumes or the allowances that they've been giving, um, it does feel like it'll be sub one and a half US dollars a ton. And just to give you some numbers, right, the Chinese regulators have issued around 10.5 billion allowances to their coal fire plants over the two years under this benchmark based scheme. So the actual need was only around 8.9 billion, but they've issued 10.5. You can argue part of it was because of COVID that the actual demand wasn't really as high, but still there's a massive surplus there. It's around 1.6 billion um, of allowances that, that's pretty much oversupplied in this emissions trading scheme. Uh, if you look at the 2020 period, the surplus is around 830 million and then 2019 it's 740 million. Um, so that's the starting point. And as you can imagine, if there's that large of a surplus and 2021 is not going to be in a position to absorb all of it. And the Chinese government's, you know, made it clear that, you know, pre-COVID or rather post-COVID recovery of the economy is more of a priority than really over-tightening the emissions market and stifling some of their key industries. So it's part of the reason, um, there are parallels to this historically. The, the European Union's ETS, you know, phase one was initially having oversupply. And then, you know, you had regulatory reform that tightened a lot of um, these, um, um, these allowances. So the price actually moves higher. And I think that's what the Chinese regulators are probably going for. They, they've get this pilot system uh, started 
uh, once it's full-fledged, once everyone's aware of their compliance requirements, then they start to tighten a regulation. And by then, hopefully, COVID's um, impact on the economy um, has eased as well. So in its current form, uh, the IEA put out good data around this as well. Four gigatons is what China's electricity uh, sector generates. If you look at it in 2025, it goes up to four and a half gigatons. And because of this emissions trading system, you're still at 4.45 gigatons. So not, not a big, big difference. And then again, just to give context to this gigaton number, you know, the globe, global emissions are around 41 gigatons. So this is roughly 10%, just China's power sector. And that isn't really moving the needle. Even 2035, under the current framework, you could see it only go to 3.9 gigatons. And if you didn't have the emissions trading system and no carbon pricing, it would be close to five. So from five to 3.9 gigatons, it's 1.1 gigatons of a reduction. But that's only by 2035. And if they are indeed going for a 2060 net zero, they they have a much, much bigger challenge. Um, to give context, once again, if you look at China's power sector at the moment, um, they, they produce roughly 672 grams of carbon per kilowatt hour. Um, and that falls to um, 350 grams uh, of carbon per kilowatt hour in 2030. If... Um, they need to be on track to to meet their 2060 carbon neutral pledge. Um, but, you know, from 672 um, to almost halving it by 2030 is in itself a big, big challenge. Um, but if they do manage to succeed, um, you know, looking at the marginal abatement curve for their coal plants, um, you know, a 20 US dollars per ton net negative abatement cost could save them roughly 1.6 trillion US dollars. So that's um, going to be uh, a very interesting um, trajectory in terms of how they, how they um, plan with regards to their emissions trading scheme. So uh, it's only April now. We'll have to see where the price um, trades, but current expectations is $1.50 per ton. And then we gradually increase in terms of those prices. Um, there's a lot of investor interest for our carbon credits at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see, especially in China, where forestry credits have been accumulated or aggregated by certain well-heeled financial entities. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they um, react to these carbon trading allowances at one and a half dollars a ton, even though there's massive oversupply. Um, so, yeah, something to wait and watch.